0: Before we start today's episode, I wanted to let you know about an exciting opportunity. Next month, we are opening up a handful of spots inside the Next Level Club. Now, if you don't know what the Next Level Club is, it is our group coaching program for creative service providers who want to scale their business. Now, I want to give you a bit of a sense check of if this is the right fit for you. We work with people who are creative service providers, as I've said. So if you're a photographer, if you're a designer, if you're a copywriter, or if you're a consultant, and it's a perfect fit for you if you're currently earning 5k a month or more, if you're ready for fast growth, and if you want me as your coach to guide you along the way. Now, if you're interested, I want you to take action. Open up Instagram right now, you know, provided you're not driving. Send me a DM with the words next level. You can find me at lalasocialclub.co. And from there, I'll flick you all of the glorious details. No, seriously, do it right now before you forget. Okay. Cause I know how these things go. You forget, you get distracted, you start cleaning, you start doing other things. You start watching friends for the fifth time. You know what I mean? So are you doing it? Okay, good. <laughs> I can sense it. Okay, good. Let's dive in to the episode. Well, hello, and welcome back to My Business Playbook. Laura here. It's so good to have you with us. We are joined by the wonderful Kara of Kyle and Kara, and we're diving into the story of how she and her husband, Kyle, have built their business from a reality TV show called The Block up until present day. And oh my goodness, they are two incredible people. And I'm so excited to be sitting down with Kara and talking all things business, branding, Instagram, and everything in between. All right, let's dive into my conversation with Kara. Well, Kara, it is so good to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. It's glorious to finally be sitting down to do this. I feel like you and I have been chatting, I would say the past 12 months, 18 months maybe, to yeah, be to try and tee think- this up.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been so long. I actually feel a bit bad. We're like, yes, let's book that in. And then, and then we don't, but here we are. We finally have. Yes. And do not feel bad at all. I totally know it's
0: to find an hour to, to just sit down and do the things. It actually is harder than it seems. (laughs) So I totally get it. Um, I'm super excited to talk with you about your business and about, you know, how you've built this incredible brand and incredible business with your husband Kyle. So tell us about like how did Kyle and Kara begin because you're a husband and wife you have such a cool journey but how did you start your business?
1: Well um, I guess it goes back to when we were young so I finished school and I studied physiotherapy at the University of Newcastle and Kyle decided after arming and ahhing that he would do a carpentry apprenticeship but we always loved upcycling and doing things with our hands and just making old new again and I I needed study desk and you know a mirror for the wall and we would make everything and I remember people saying to us you should sell this stuff like it's really nice because um Kyle was working in Newcastle and all the old homes and he'd tear down old weatherboards and make things and um we always found that really therapeutic and we loved that creative outlet and um, naturally that spurred us on to go we should get a house because we'd we'd be good at renovating that and just making old new again um, so even though I was working as a physiotherapist by that point and Kyle was you know he had a day job as a chippy we would um, come home at night and renovate our house um, yeah. and we'd spend the weekends doing that and all our money went on to that and this is the long version. I hope you don't mind. No, I love it. <laughs> and yeah, after five years of renovating our own home, or four years, we did a bit of travel. And Kyle saw some ads pop up for the block. And I said, that would be so fun to do 12 weeks, you know, what we've just done in four years, doing that in 12 weeks with someone else's money. But I said to him, but I'm sorry, I would never do that because I'm never going to go on television. That's just not my thing. Yeah. And um, (laughs) somehow he convinced me to do an audition video with him, which was actually really fun. We had our best friends around and she just filmed us um, being us, walking around the house, being silly, just taking them for a tour. And... We sort of submitted it and forgot all about it. We spent three months in South America that year and so I was just getting back into work and the flow of things and, yeah, and then I got a call from the casting director saying, do you want to come in and have an interview? And I, honest to God, almost didn't tell Kyle. I almost just um, <laughs> just didn't call her back. She left a vo- voicemail at work and I, I almost wasn't going to call her back but thank God I did because it's completely changed our life um, I have no doubt that we would still be doing what we're doing to some extent but it's definitely fast-tracked where we've gone so long story yeah. short after we completed the block we um, set up a building and construction business so Kyle had already obtained his builder's license um, but we didn't have a company at that point and yeah we we actually started doing consults for people all over the country after the block because obviously when you have that much exposure yeah I think I can't even remember the exact figures but millions of people tune into the auction, yeah. and everyone wants to know what you're going to do after the block um, so we basically set up the company on the back of that exposure yeah started doing all these consults for people um, around the country we'd go to Tasmania for the day and help You know, we'd do a walk around on someone's reno and give them advice and we loved that. We didn't have kids at that point, um, but we quickly realised that people just wanted us and it was hard to scale that, Mm, um, Yeah, especially as we wanted to grow as a business, but not necessarily be so tied up time-wise. Yeah. Um, And also we realised with building and renovating, what we love is seeing the process from concept all the way through to completion and when you're doing consults with people all over the country you can't physically you know be there and and yeah watch that progression yeah so yeah years later that took years obviously that process of of, um working out what it is we actually wanted to do but I feel like the turning point for us was when we bought our Toon Bay house yeah um and we decided we were going to renovate it and film it and that was um Seven years ago now. Wow. I feel like obviously people are doing that all the time now, but it was, real, it was, yeah, not the done thing back then.
0: Yeah. And for anyone listening who doesn't know what The Block is, like we have a few, like quite a few international listeners. Yeah. Can you explain what The Block is just so people know the kind of extent and the craziness of it,
1: right? Yeah, so The Block is a reality television show And still to this day, I cannot believe that I've been on a reality (laughs) television show because I'm quite a quiet, um, reserved person, I guess you'd say. Um, But yeah, so it's a 12-week reality television show where you renovate a house or an apartment and then they sell it at the end and you get to keep whatever you make over the reserve. And um, it's obviously very popular in Australia. Like I just, I actually had no idea. I had no idea how big it was, particularly in Melbourne, which is where we were. Yeah. Um, and I told my work, my physiotherapy job, that I'd be back in 12 weeks. And, yeah, it's been seven, oh, eight years now. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still waiting for a call. <laughs> I did go back. I did go back. But I went back casual. I was clinging on to my physiotherapy career. Yeah. And then I just realised that's not where my, my passion lies.
0: Yeah. And it's it's crazy. And so you and your husband and Kyle are now based in Toowoomba Bay on the Central Coast, which for anyone listening, it's about an hour north of Sydney, um, and it is such a beautiful place. What made you decide to base yourself on the Central Coast? Were you living in Melbourne when you did the block?
1: Yeah. So we were living on the Central Coast when we applied for the block. Yeah. And. Yeah, when we got through, they said, you you go down to Melbourne now, as in, like, you'll be flying out in five days. So it was all very quick. Wow. And so we lived in Melbourne for about six months, um, loved living down there. But I guess for us, we're just coasties at heart. We need to be near the ocean. Yeah. We both surf and um, find that's just where, yeah, where we want to live. Yeah. And particularly like we're in Baddow Bay at the moment, which is just around the corner from toon Bay, but we've just done, we've sp- spent the last seven years around this postcode purely because, one, we love it, we love the community, but two, we have young kids now and we don't want to be travelling too much
0: for yeah. work. Yeah.
1: We want to travel, but not, not every day for work. So we're just keeping it local for the moment.
0: Yeah,
1: I love it. So you,
0: you finish the block and then... The- you kind of realized, oh my goodness, I think it seems like in your story, actually, there's a lot of you being like, no, this isn't, no, this isn't a thing. Like I'll go back to my day job. <laughs> like it seems like there's a bit of like, oh, this is just fun. This is just a hobby. Like it's not going to be my main thing. What was the tipping point where you actually realized I've got to go all in on this while I have this opportunity?
1: Um, well, obviously, initially it was just, yeah, knowing a lot of people were telling us, you've got this exposure, you've done really well, we can tell you you're good at this, you work well together, you guys should, should do this. Um, I guess in a way I was forced into it. Like I, I actually loved my physiotherapy job mm. and before I applied for the block, I, I was definitely looking for the next um, challenge in my career as a physiotherapist because I'm just that sort of person that needs to have goals along the way. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I thought that challenge would be within my field, but I and I had a really good full time job, um, with New South Wales Health, and, you know, that includes maternity leave when you're ready. And yeah. when I left to go to Melbourne, they they couldn't hold on to that. So. They weren't approving anyone's leave without pay, so they had to forfeit that and I was just made casual. Yeah. And I guess in a way that sort of made me go, you know what, I don't, they haven't kept my full-time job. I can do this and, like, what's the worst that can happen? I can fail yeah. and I'll go back to being casual and I'll apply for another full-time job. But, yeah, I need to go all in. And with Kyle, like, because
0: I, cause as you know, like Nath, my husband works in the business. How do you go? And in the early days, cause I know, you know, you've got incredible people around you now and you've, you've built such an incredible brand, but I want to know in the early days, how did you go working with Kyle as like partners? How did you figure out how to like, A, like how to be on the block on TV
1: together, how did you kind of figure that out? Um, it's just do it as you go, and it's yeah. like fake it till you make it in a way almost. <laughs> I don't know, like, well, in terms of the block, I, the the reason I ended up saying okay, let's do this is because I knew it was a reality television show. It's not acting. This is just yeah. you you're given a job to do and I'm, I work well with like give me a job and give me a timeline I like work really well with deadlines yeah so they're just going to film me doing us and we'll just work through it and figure it out as we yeah. go and we made yeah. so many mistakes along the way like it's not like we had amazing feedback the whole way along yeah um, but it's just figure it out as you go and yeah in the early stages you're like are we going to be one of those couples that you know, gets divorced (laughs) in the public eye, you you honestly don't know how people will um, react under pressure. And so in that regard, we did well. And then in terms of setting up the business together, and it's just, you know, taking those steps to, um, to do something you want to do. And yeah, I guess fake it till you make it's not the right word, but it's just feeling it as you go and learning Mm. from the mistakes that you make. There's been so many, but yeah, having the right people around you, and I feel like one of the best steps was, you know, setting out our why initially and working out what we wanted to do, and having someone help us with our branding and our, you know, our core values. That's always been really important for us.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I love it, and I think you've you've done such an incredible job to like leverage what what you had built from the block and to not go oh we're just going to pretend that we're never on the block and we're not ever going to talk about it again but to use it to propel you into this into something that you can create in your way and have your unique flair like I, I feel like that's the way you've done that has been really incredible to see and in a lot of ways like you said before like Because you had this TV experience, it kind of meant that when you did the video, like documentary kind of style of the process of you building your first um, property post the blog, like it seemed like that was a really natural progression. And as you say, like a lot of people, like that would have been very new at that time because people weren't really doing that. So how did you... I'd love to know because I know that, you know, documenting your builds is a huge part of your strategy. It's a huge part of, of how you actually kind of run your business. How did you go from being a bit like, oh, I don't want to be on camera. I, I just want to create stuff. I don't really want to be in front of the camera. How did you go from that to, oh, I'm just going to show up and I'm going to do it and I'm just going to nail it because you're incredible on camera. How did you? How did you go through that journey?
1: <laughs> Thank you. I wouldn't. I'm never one to think that about myself. Definitely. Um, again, I just feel like the block was a pressure cooker situation, and you just had to get used to having a camera in your face twenty four seven. So then, coming off the back of that, everything else seemed, wouldn't say easy, but just less intense. I guess. Yeah. Um, for any, for anyone, well, most people wouldn't know when you're on the block, there is usually, there's always one camera on you, but there's often, you know, when you're in those group settings, there'll be 10 cameramen lined up sometimes. Like it's, it's a huge production. So then to come off that and go, okay, I'm going to create an, an online series and, and you only have one camera guy at that point. So yeah, it just feels a lot more natural and you're in your own environment and you can talk on your terms, I guess. Yeah. Um, That was a nice step back and made it feel more relaxed, um, so that we could create something that was a bit more us. Yeah. Um, But I I should mention after that, after the block, we worked on the living room on Channel Ten for about four years. um, Wow. As well as doing our um, online series. Yeah. So that was, I guess, we were thrown into a situation where we went from being on reality television to being in a more presenter role, and I feel that I learned so much in those those four years that we were on the living room. Yeah. Um, and I feel for some of the producers that had to work with us early on because I know they had a particular way they present and and steps to follow and it was all just so new to Kyle and I. We we were like young kids stepping onto a television set. <laughs> yeah, that would be. And I, had, I was either pregnant or breastfeeding a baby throughout that time so that was another challenge to throw in the mix. But wow. I guess, yeah, for anyone who doesn't feel comfortable on camera I guess it's just initially finding a team or one person who you feel comfortable with and that can really get the best out of you yeah Um, like I know like we we work with a producer quite regularly so we have our cameraman who works with us Blake Wilton and for things that say are a little bit more important we'll we have a producer Vanessa that we work with and she's great at getting the best out of us like if we say something or if she feels we have something really important to say and we haven't um, got that across correctly, yeah. she's the first one to go, no, stop, you guys can do that better. And I guess I really appreciate her honesty because it's, yeah, it's just it's so good working with people who really want to get the best out of you.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's such a such a good point having someone who can actually give you feedback in the moment because there are so many times where I have Filmed something and even just practically gone oh my gosh my hair like (laughs) and and sometimes your camera people if they're good they'll they'll pick up on that stuff but sometimes they don't like sometimes they'll be like oh sorry I was just looking at like they're trying to do so many things at once so there are moments where it's like oh I wish someone had told me hey like you kind of stuffed up a little bit of your phrasing there or you're kind of glazing over a little bit or your hair looks funny or you're doing something weird with your yeah. face. It's good to have those people who can just in the moment do it because it's not helpful when it's in post production and you're like I don't want to use that. <laughs>
1: because yeah. that's not how 100%. I want. Like yeah. Blake often says to me, "Kara, you've got thinky face on." <laughs> <He's>, he literally <laughs> says thinky face cuz I'll be, you know, trying to give a tip or something and he can tell I'm like Literally trying to think as I as, as I say, say this, he's like, "Just stop, like, relax a bit, work out what you're going to say, and then and then say it." Yeah. Um, so yeah, finding someone who, and, and if even if you're working with someone new, like, just say to them, "Feel yeah. free to give me some feedback if I'm glazing over or I'm becoming a bit more monotone." Like, you know, feel free to jump in and yeah, give me the feedback.
0: Yeah, I love that. So. If you and Kyle were starting a business from scratch today, if you were like at day one, what would what would you invest in now, and what would you do to build your business if you were starting from zero?
1: I would invest in someone who is really good at branding and um, talking through your why, essentially. Mm. Um, just have that round table discussion, get the whiteboard out, go through, you know, words that resonate with the particular business we're going to start and just, yeah, create a brand that feels authentic to your wife. If that makes sense. Yeah. And
0: what would you do in terms of building your brand? So once you have your brand, how yeah. would you build
1: your audience if you were starting from zero? What would, what would you do to build your audience? Such a good question, isn't it? Because I feel like everyone has a little bit of a following these days. Yeah. I guess I would just obviously social media plays such a big role in what we do. So that would be one of the first steps for me is, you know, setting up socials. Yeah. And and then I guess just tapping into those, um, into the market that I'm interested in. For example, I don't know, like finding small Facebook groups that, are interested in in what yeah. you have to offer them and just tapping into those little smaller markets so that word of mouth can grow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's such an interesting thing to think, what would I do if Instagram shut down? How would I build my business again? Or how would I um, build my audience again or build my following again? And it is a funny thing to think, what would I actually do? And would I go about it the same way that I did
1: when I started?
0: It's it's kind of interesting to think about.
1: It's good to think about and I think we actually need to be thinking about it and, yeah, you know, it can be so easy for people to just think social media but obviously, I mean, you would be the first to know like email marketing is so important and connecting yeah. with the audience outside of socials.
0: Completely,
1: totally. And I think... Working with some bigger brands has really taught us that over the years. I remember um, Ram's Home Loans of all people, the marketing yeah. manager, you know, really encouraging us to grow our, our email um, list Yeah, early on, yeah. which I'm so grateful for because um, it's just such a nice way to connect with people outside the busyness of socials. It's so yeah. busy.
0: It, yeah, you're right, and it's easier to... Uh, I feel like it's easier to get your message across through email and it's definitely what we have found has been our big revenue driver. We've found that email and I mean, we don't sell products as in like physical products. So, um, but we have found that email has been such a huge driver for that. And and that's why I'm permanently <laughs> harping on about building your email list. You've got to do it. How do you... The other thing I feel like you guys have done so well is you've built an incredible community online. I know that you've built a lot of your audience initially in, in the early days through um, the block and living room and, and those those things that you were doing. But how do you, how have you continued to build your community and maintain that connection with your community?
1: Um yeah that's a good question i I actually remember when we were on the block, Instagram was so new. it was eight years ago, and it's hard for some people to remember that Instagram <laughs> yeah. just wasn't the big thing back then. It was Facebook, yeah but um yeah, I think when we finished the block, we had I don't even think we had twenty thousand followers. Uh, obviously, we built from scratch. The block actually started our Instagram page initially. Um, right. So within that 12 weeks, obviously going from zero to close to 20,000 is huge growth. Yes. Um, but it's, it's grown since then, I guess, because people love following the journey. Mm. Um, I guess with our Instagram, we've always tried to be really authentic And share our journey, like, you know, having kids, for example, um, and sharing our renos and offering tips and some value, but also just day-to-day stuff as well, I guess, just creating a bit of a mix of content. Um, But I do know within the last eight years there's just been ebbs and flows with how much I'm engaged on there because it's just a never-ending machine Mm. And I think to protect my mental health, particularly in those times where, you know, I've been drowning with two under two and, um, you know, having young kids or just being so busy in life and business, there has been times where I've had to pull away for my own mental health and I've, I'm always a big believer in not just posting for the sake of it. Yeah. I guess everyone's got a different strategy, but that's always been mine, like. Yeah it doesn't feel authentic or if you just feel like you're doing it because you know you need to keep your engagement up then yeah maybe have a think about why you're doing it
0: yeah that's such a good point and it, on that like when you do need to have a break for your mental health which I completely get how do you do, does someone else Manage that for you. Does Kyle jump in, or how does that work when it's such a big part of the business? How do you kind of go? Oh, well, I've got to. Uh, I've still got to do the things to support the business and to make sure that we're doing all the things that we've committed to doing, but also keep it pretty real. How do you kind of find that that balance?
1: Um, I guess that's just where a good team comes in. Um- I mean, I'm talking holistically. So mm-hmm. we have our Kyle and Cara account, um, which shares a lot of renovations, but also our personal journey. Yeah. We have our um, our homewares account that someone else runs. Cindy in our office runs that. Great. And I'm so appreciative of her input in that. Um, our TikTok, Blake actually runs, um, which Great. again, I'm so grateful for because that's just a whole nother kettle of fish beast over oh, yeah. there <laughs> oh yeah and then yeah the the girls in their office are really good at putting EDMs together that um yeah let people know what we're up to from that side of the business but um yeah in terms of the Kyle and car there's been times where I've said to Carl like yeah you're on with this because I'm I'm stepping away for a little bit or and I guess there's also been times where we have just not posted all week and yeah and I've learned that like unless we have, you know, something scheduled in with the company that we're working for, then that is okay. Like, yeah, it's it's okay.
0: Yeah. You're not going to break your business <laughs>
1: if you yeah. just take a break. Yeah. Especially when you have set up other things around you, like your email marketing and your other social platforms, um, Yeah, or you have someone in your team who is scheduling posts, like creating that team around you is where it, becomes important not just solely relying on your own Instagram posts
0: yeah because it can feel a little bit debilitating right because you can start to feel like uh, oh my gosh if I it's a bit of FOMO too like if I step back is the algorithm gonna hate me kind of thing or is are people gonna stop seeing my posts or am I gonna drop off sales and it is this thing of I think sometimes we can overemphasize the amount of time we spend on socials, and think, "Oh, well, I just need to for my business." And I think, "Well, you could actually, yeah, get a VA to help you with some of the scheduling or responding to people, or you could set up systems that actually help you and support you." So, I think it's, I think sometimes when people are like, "No, well, I have to spend this amount of time on socials," my thought process is always, well, I think, you know, there's a way that you can do it without it taking over your whole life. It's, it's easy to spend loads of like waste, loads of, loads of time. And I find with TikTok, especially if I, I kind of have to keep my distance from TikTok because I'm like, I could spend (laughs) a lot of time just laughing at the funny videos and do nothing, you know? So it's, yeah. it's like knowing yourself too. Right. And going, I don't, that's right. This isn't good for me today, or I'm procrastinating and I'm just scrolling and I'm pretending I'm yeah.
1: working or researching. Pretending you're engaging, but you're just <laughs> laughing at funny videos. Yeah, And, yeah. and <laughs> another reason why I handed that to Blake, you know, it's a funny world.
0: I, I love that you did that. That's actually such a good idea that potentially we should be doing that, like handing our TikTok to our video guy and just saying, go forth. That would be actually <laughs> really, really cool.
1: So we still have days where we are together filming and creating all this stuff. And then I guess it's like creating a bank of stuff that you can roll out over a certain period of time. Yeah. Um, so it's not essentially handing creative licence over to someone else, but it's just... um yeah, managing the load Yeah, with your team.
0: Because it's, it's huge. And yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. The other thing that you guys do, and you mentioned this, like when you work with different businesses and you mentioned Rams as an example, you must get so many pitches and opportunities sent to you for brands wanting to collaborate with you. How do you actually decide what is right for you? And I know we've we've spoken about this before, like just in our DMs, but how do you actually decide what's right for you and and how do you uh, partner with brands that you're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I get to work with these people.
1: I guess um, well initially, I feel like the first. so we have we do have a manager that works with IMG and she's amazing. We've been with her eight years. Um, so she's really good at filtering filtering request um yeah so we'll say that but that aside um when we did our when we filmed our first renovation at Toon Bay we I remember clearly we had this huge whiteboard in our office and um, we knew roughly what we were going to do to the home and we basically wrote ourselves this like wish list this like you know if we're going to renovate this house we need paint and we want to work with this with Torbans and we need weather boards and we want this particular type and we need a new roof so we're going to put color bond here and we essentially it wasn't a, a shopping list but it was also um like our hit list I guess our yeah <laughs> top brand hit list and we honestly thought that if we could just get a couple on board that we would be so stoked, and when people and brand, when brands started saying yes to working with us on this project, it was like dreams coming true. Mm. Um, and I guess we always keep that model, I guess, in our heads when brands approach us now. Like, would would we want to use this particular product in our renovation or for our home styling? Would we buy this ourselves if they hadn't approached us? And I guess that's our way of um, making sure that partnerships feel authentic. We're never going to promote something that we wouldn't have spent our money on already.
0: Yeah, that's such a good filter to have that if you wouldn't actually purchase it, then it's it's potentially not the right partnership.
1: Yeah. And we've learned things along the way, like, you know, something's broken after two years and we thought, you know, oh, like maybe we wouldn't do that again, but I think initially that's how we filter people.
0: Yeah. Or yeah. brands, not people. That's, that's really, really cool. And so since you've, you've built your Kyle and Kara like core brand, then you have the building company as well that has its own brand, right?
1: Yeah. So we actually, when we finished on the block, we didn't brand as Kyle and Kara. When we were when we were in Melbourne, we were dubbed the Super K's, which I thought like by Scotty. And people used to say to us, you should name your business Super K's. And I thought, oh my goodness, we would never (laughs) make a business called the Super K's. That's so tacky. And then people would say, well, use your own names. And even back then I was like, no way. So we started, um, Kyle had diverse carpentry for years. So we, um, started a company, Diverse Design and Construct, yeah. and that's how we marketed ourselves, not Kyle and Cara. Yeah. Um, but after years of, you know, doing consults and doing work for other people and then realising we can we can just renovate for ourselves full time, that's when we realised, you know, if you want to capture your audience and you want those views on your videos, we really needed to be capitalising on who people know and that's Kyle and Cara. Yeah. So yeah, we still have the building company that we operate under, but um,
0: yeah, but in terms of guys. our websites,
1: so it's all Kyle and Cara yeah. now.
0: Yeah. And that's such a cool distinction for anyone who's listening who is like, oh, like, should I be a personal brand or should I be a like professional brand? How do I delineate between the two? What would your big piece of advice be on that in terms of, you know, having done both?
1: I guess the the tricky thing when it is your personal brand, and I think the perfect example of this is Samantha Wills, like yeah. when you want to exit the business, how do you do that when you are,
0: you are the, the name business.
1: and face of the business? Yeah. So, for example, with our homewares, it's called Kyle and Cara Homewares, and that started because um, in our Long Jetty renovation, our second build that we filmed, we created these prints with an artist and we wanted to start selling them and I also found that when you do an online series everyone wants to know where that table's from where that cushion's from and we were sending people away from our website
0: yeah and
1: creating an online store was a way to bring people to the website but also keep them there and that has really organically grown over the last four or five years yeah Um, so slowly because it wasn't our our core business Um, but we are in the process of moving that outside our website so you'll still be able to find it on Carl and Cara but I think you know eventually that will be branded separate because if we did ever want to you know move on from that we have created a big um, you know online homeware Mm. store and we you know if there was ever a time that we wanted to sell that we could if we rebranded away from kyle and kara so
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense that's not
1: something we're planning anytime soon but i just feel like it's it's become over the last four years it's become its own identity and we need to work with that and move away from our names yeah particularly if we want to open a bricks and mortar store i feel that it needs to have its own identity yeah so watch this space that's that's super clever and then you've
0: also got, Kyle has a has Format, right? He has
1: that. Yeah, so his... that's completely separate to me. Yes. I don't do, well, you might see me on the <laughs> socials every now and then because I do actually put my surfboards in his surfboard racks. Yeah. But he's got another business partner that he works with on Format. And yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, it's surfboard and fishing racks, but they don't require any tools or, or if you're renting, they're freestanding. You can get wall mount ones. But that's like a little side project of his that's grown organically. And yeah, yeah he loves that little creative outlet.
0: I love it. I love that you, you've you used your core brand to build other brands. And I also, what I really like about um, how you've done it is you don't try to jam everything into the Kyle and Cara brand because I see people do this and they go. So for instance, if, if Nathan and I built a house, I wouldn't do it under the La La brand because that'd be weird. You know what I mean? But sometimes people try to shove these in, in trying to, you know, leverage their audience. They try to like shove these things that are kind of not related into the, the overarching brand. And it's like, that doesn't really work. So I love that you've, you've kind of gone, Kyle and Kara is the core thing. We have these things that we do that are, you know, kind of sit alongside that without it. Yeah requiring Kyle and Kara, your brand, to drive that that growth. I think that's a really cool way to yeah. go.
1: And I also didn't want that um, Kyle and Kara following to be bombarded with, you know, homewares, for example, because I know that a percentage of our audience are men who follow us because they enjoy following our build and construction side of things. And, yeah. you know, you don't want to lose that audience because you're ramming cushions and beautiful homewares down their throat yes so creating that separate identity has been really important for us
0: yeah no I think that's I think it's a really good way to go because yeah it is a bit if all of a sudden you're following someone and they're like here's something completely unrelated to why you're following me you kind of as an audience member you're like oh well I don't know if I I'd follow that potentially if it were on a separate account but now I don't know so I think (laughs) yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good way to go. Um, final questions for you. You are like you both are so creative and and you really kind of blaze the trail in a lot of ways for your industry. How do you stay inspired? How do you stay creative? How do you keep your creativity flowing? What does that look like for you?
1: I think um, some of the girls in the office would laugh at at this question because <laughs> they're just so. I think sometimes they're baffled at Carl and I because we're just like, for example, yesterday we had a lot of work to do in the office, but Carl um, and I spent the last the first two hours looking at real estate in a particular area because we just go off on these. T- we all, we have so many ideas and we're always looking for the next thing and the next goal and um yeah I think sometimes that can often make us appear to be scatterbrains in a way but I guess (laughs) for us that's our way of staying creatively inspired yeah like you know we obviously don't follow 99% of the ideas that we have but you'll often find us in the office like brainstorm well what if you did this and what if we set up these pods here and what if we set up an airbnb over here and we renovate this house and I guess for us that brainstorming process is p- part of the creativity and part of the excitement that drives us to do the next thing. Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: It's like the what if, like we could do this and we could do it in this particular way or this particular way. It's the,
1: the- – Yeah, and sometimes like all that brainstorming and these random ideas that we have actually spurs us on to, to do this next thing yeah example yeah um but sometimes you just have to let the creative juices flow in even if it sounds like you're going off on a tangent yeah and not blocking if that makes that. sense no yeah. that makes total sense that makes total sense and day to day I find like having my routine of like getting up early and going to the gym and checking the surf on the way home and doing those things for me helps to keep me feeling fresh and inspired I guess yeah it's looking after myself in that regard?
0: Yeah. And do you find that like Nathan and I because we are always we're always thinking about the business, we're always thinking about different things that we're we'd love to do and ideas and things like that. Do you have any you know as like working together being married, do you have any kind of times where you're like, "Hey, this is a no." No work zone, we don't talk about work. how do, do you do you do that? Have you seen value in that, or do you kind of just do whatever?
1: Um a bit of both, I guess, <laughs> over the years, like yes. there's been there's always times where we have to tell each other, "Put your phone away. Yep. or I'm not talking about this now. It's like eleven o'clock at night, and I'm trying to go to sleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think we're constantly telling each other that because often, one, like my brain will be like switched on. If I'm not in bed, but if I'm not asleep by like 10 o'clock, I feel like creatively my brain turns on again. Yes.
0: And Kyle is
1: the opposite. Like he is naturally wired to, you know, switch on at 4am. And that's when he starts, you know, coming up with all the cool ideas. So I feel like we need to be respecting each other's downtime. And yeah. that often means just, saying shush I'm going to sleep <laughs> tell me in the morning <laughs> yeah but yeah it's just I think that's just a constant battle particularly when you work with your partner yeah um, but there's just so many benefits to that also like you know we can have unofficial chats or creative meetings about work yeah outside of office hours
0: yeah yeah that's really cool that's really cool okay final questions rapid fire ones for you. Margarita or champagne? Margarita. Oh yes. Actually, I feel like that's a really hard question because I, I love a champagne, but I mean, yeah. Right now, I feel like I could go a margarita and I'd be fine with that. I'd be very happy about that. Um, <laughs> finish this sentence. I could go either. I'd you be could happy go with either. either. Yes. I'll just put it out there. Oh yeah. If you just finish the sentence, success looks like
1: being happy and healthy and having flexibility around when you work and when you play.
0: Yes, yeah. And what do you think is one thing that small business owners need to stop doing today?
1: Comparing themselves to anyone else.
0: Yeah. And final question, what's the best investment you've made in your business?
1: The best investment i made in my business. All well, these are supposed to be quick. That's a <laughs> tricky question. <laughs> I know. Oh, this is easy. Staff, good staff, having a good yeah. team, yeah. the best investment. So, so good. Well, Kara, thank you so much
0: for sharing your wisdom with us. Uh, where can people connect with you? Where can people check out all of the things that you guys are doing?
1: So our website is kylankara.com and within that we have the homeware. So make sure you subscribe because we're just about to get out of council and putting it out there. After yes. 11 months in council, we're just about to start a new build. So we'll be filming all that. So if you subscribe, we'll let you know straight to your inbox and our socials are kylankara and yeah, we've tagged everything on there so you can find us from there. Incredible. Well,
0: thank you so much. You are amazing and i'm so grateful to have had you on the show
1: thanks so much Well, there you have it. That is the
0: play by play for this week. As always, if you loved this episode, please send me a DM. And I know that Kara will love receiving a DM from you as well. So make sure you reach out, let us know what you think. If you loved the episode, share it, share it with a business buddy, share it with someone who, you know, is going to find this super helpful. I hope that you have a wonderful week. I'll see you back here. Same time, same place. But in the meantime, go get them.